Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR20 because when you do that, you get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode, figured we'd talk a little more in depth uh, about a topic on everyone's mind. I even wrote about it today for, uh, I was going to say for subscribers of the DNVR.com, but it's actually free right now. So go and read it if you want to get an idea of the type of article you might be missing out if you don't subscribe. But we'll talk a little bit about boycotts. Do they work? How much do they work? And what kind should uh, Rockies fans even try to participate in? But before that, Patrick, I have never in my life been more annoyed that the Colorado Rockies did exactly what I told them to do. <laughs> now, they finally listened, and all it took was a knee surgery to do it. But they did it. All it took. Uh, now, now, those of you who are dedicated listeners of the podcast know that we, we had talked about some potential free agent bats to help the Rockies with protection for somebody. I can't remember who in the lineup. I feel like there was a, a person. Did he wear number 28? Do you recall this person? I can't. It's been such a long two weeks. But The only yeah. guy I can remember ever batting cleanup besides the, the occasional Charlie Blackman was Garrett Atkins. I mean, that's when I think of a cleanup hitter that's in the guy. last – decade you go blackman and you go garrett atkins otherwise i i couldn't even think of a single dude that fits that description there it is i played third base nailed it Uh, who is a great fielder despite the fact he has multiple mitts that are made of uh various metals he could just it doesn't matter what was on his hand he could do it so (laughs) Yeah, so the Rockies have signed to a minor league deal. We'll we'll get back to Patrick. I know you've got thoughts on just the wider, like league wide implications of this signing, uh, because we had talked about CJ Crone as kind of like uh, or Cron. I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce that for sure, one way or the other. Now, but as uh, one of the higher end guys that they could potentially go after, that he's got now. Now, as you mentioned, there's there's a health concern, so that's going to make it more of a question mark, but in terms of a resume and at 31 years old, a guy who's put up big OPS plus numbers the last couple of years, 139, 104, 123, 98, 116, 106, 111. So the only time in his career he's been below league average was 2017. And that was at a 98. He was at league average. Uh, His home run totals over the last couple of years, you know, four from 2020 short year, Year before that, 25. Year before that, 30. Year before that, 16, 16, 16, 11. So you're talking about a guy who can hit. He's got real power. Um, man, I'm so irritated. Like, if you if you would if you just take away the Nolan Arenado move and be like, hey, they got a 27-year-old left-handed pitcher with about a hundred innings of experience with some upside, nice solid depth piece for that rotation, and they got CJ Cron. And they hadn't gotten rid of their best player, I'd be going as it is. I, I don't like it's still a good move. Like, I like the player, he might rake it, it could create some interesting, but it's like, 
Why? <laughs> okay, thanks. I don't. It's like you ate the sundae and then gave me the cherry and the whipped cream. Like, I still want the cherry and the whipped cream, but I don't understand your thought process here. Yeah, like it, Cronin and a couple of these other guys, as you mentioned, like with Gomber, like they're good pieces to add to an already successful machine. And, you know, say what you will about the Dodgers machine being fine. And yet they go and add, you know, all stars to that machine. Right. But still, you could go. All right, again, it's you're you're doing something positive. But yeah, it's I, I'm I'm all for taking you know two steps forward if if you're only taking one step back. But uh, they took, uh, as we said, twenty eight <laughs> steps back and a couple stutter steps forward, and like we're gonna we're we're gonna we're gonna juke left and juke right. Well, those are horizontal moves. <laughs> we want to go forward. We want to now go forward. Right, right back. We don't you need were. to juke anything. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more about Crone and uh, definitely is is interesting and and does make me think that uh, it it definitely could cut into some playing time for Josh Fuentes if Crone is healthy. So that's the other thing here that's interesting, right? Because. We had just praised kind of the Greg Bird acquisition as like not blocking any of the young players. And now Cron is signed for a, a minor league deal here. But I got to think if healthy, he's your starting first baseman now. Like he's just again, we went over the resume. He's he's not a, an unknown hitter in this league. The guy can rake when he's healthy. Uh, his defense rates out. OK, he's got one bad year on the resume, according to fan graphs the rest of the time. And he's remember a first baseman. Rockies fans forget you can you can have a first baseman play first base. So I, I'm with you. Uh, I think this is really fascinating because it's like, well, OK, he's probably the guy now. He's probably got to be the guy. Makes me wonder if they think Fuentes is more positionally versatile, that he could end up playing some left field. For example, if Tapia is going to take over in center field, and now you've got Fuentes in left, Blackman in right, if they think he's going to play more third base, or if they really do just see him as a bench player, and maybe that's not such a bad role for Josh Fuentes. I do think if you were going to add, again, it makes sense two weeks ago, if you were going to add a veteran hitter to the lineup and not want to block up Ryan McMahon or a Brendan Rodgers or a Rymel Tapia, then Fuentes was the guy to become a bench player, just kind of, sucks now like it's weird like i don't <laughs> i don't know but i do think you can still work him in there with it being like if tapia flames out throw fuentes out and left and see what happens out there or uh, that poor know. family they've been through <laughs> the rockies organization <laughs> just we're gonna trade you to cold midwest city uh you're, you're gonna win a couple world series out there but that's besides the point and then yeah, yeah. the cousin left behind i th i think actually you know what it what it Again, it as you said, it, it it guarantees and locks in that playing time for Rodgers and McMahon in a lot of ways. But really, what I think it could do is is almost guarantee that Garrett Hampson is going to be predominantly an outfielder. Like it, we could, sure. you know, and, and in your article you kind of projected uh, him as as the center fielder. And if if you want him to get better at center field, you need him to stay out there and not worry about you know moving back to the infield. So um, by adding Crone. Now Fuentes becomes a second base, uh, excuse me, third baseman and potential second baseman because I don't know necessarily know you want McMahon going back over to second base if Rodgers needs a day off and then Fuentes is at third. It just be easier to again if McMahon's your third baseman, keep him there, let him let him play a season there. Don't already kind of make it even more fragmented. Same thing if Hampson is going to be you know an outfielder, 
you know, for a majority of the time, just make it full time. And we will still see him, you know, on the dirt once in a while. We saw Tony Walters play a little second base here and there. Daniel Murphy even got in at a game last year uh, when things get crazy. So that did uh, happen, didn't it? That wasn't just a dream. <laughs> it, it was not. It was not. Yeah, that was always fun. Those line changes when you had Walters playing second base. I, I I, I'm for that. it. It's fun. I always loved that. Uh, so yeah, maybe we we see Fuentes playing second base. I mean, in in college, he was an up the middle kind of guy. So, and and like you said, maybe maybe uh, some time in the in the outfield could be in his future as well. I I know Josh isn't isn't afraid of it. I think that's the only mitt he doesn't have in his arsenal. In fact, recently I heard an interview with him and him talking about like he you know he doesn't have one of those those larger mitts. Um, but I I imagine Rawlings is going to go ahead and, and get him one now. Totally. Yeah. And, and Fuentes is one of those guys who will just be all for it and he's going to show up ready to get any kind of playing time he can. So I don't think that he's going to be deterred or, or, you know, be down in the dumps uh, over any of it. People say, well, what about the way they treated Nolan, his playing time, any of this stuff. Fuentes is just going to show up ready to do his thing. Man. I, all the guy about, I, I think Josh will be fine, but yeah, this is, it really is annoying, Patrick. I, I, I have to say, this is the third time, by the way, not to pat myself on the back or anything, the third time that I have, of all the players in Major League Baseball, pinpointed somebody I wanted the Colorado Rockies to go get, and then they got him. Now, this was the worst way they've ever done it when they acquired two of them at once, uh, Nishek and LaCroix, and I had, I had highlighted those guys specifically. Those were perfect additions. They did exactly what everyone thought they could and should do, and they came at the right time. Well done. This is just absolutely bizarre because he could have been, he really could have been the final piece that took this offense from being blah to being competitive if they get the right pitching, if if he's healthy, if he's his career. So we, we talked about the, you know, how many guys do you have over 100 OPS plus? He's a career 111 OPS plus guy. So you get Nolan and Trevor doing their thing, plus Charlie and then CJ Crone at around that. 110, then you throw in Ryan Maltapia at league average, off a solid start to an offense, and then you you can afford to see what those young guys do. But of course, that that whole conversation is moot now that he has to be your third best hitter, and it's just like, well, great. This doesn't help you compete. They're not going to compete now because they they picked up this guy by any means whatsoever. The offense is better though. Like if if he's healthy, the offense will be better, and it's maybe at least a nice gesture to Trevor Story. Maybe if that's part of the play here, you know, you're, you're still trying to extend Trevor's story and we're, they're saying, we're not going to leave you out on a limb and we're not going to let you have a season where you're going to get walked around and, and worked around every single at bat. So we got you a little bit of protection here. Like that's, and in a minor league deal too, there's certainly nothing wrong with the deal or the contract, but uh, I, I know, cause you've talked about it before, man, this is. I don't care what his health is. He's 31 years old. He's got a career 111 OPS plus. He's been on basically a 30 home run pace for the last three years. And he's getting signed for a minor league deal right now. The owners are on something else. I think there's still about a hundred free agents that are still available <laughs> out there. It's, it's incredibly wild. So it, it definitely gives you an idea of what the market is like, because again, we're, we're seeing it guys like Crone who, you know, after he was designated for assignment a couple years ago, goes to the Rays, and you go, okay, we we see what's going on there. He goes to the Twins, okay, maybe that's a step forward. They're a team that were, was getting better at that time in 2019. Last year he's with Detroit. This year he's with Colorado. So 
again, you're kind of working your way down the, the, the totem pole, so to speak, like all of those guys. I think last week we were talking about, you know, where Valeka ended up and Sam Howard and forgot Ashton Godot also goes with the Orioles. And it kind of gives you an indication of where these guys' values and stock is, you What's know, a step down? depending on yeah. who they sign with, you know, and you uh -huh. can see where the Rockies are in that pecking order, unfortunately, right now. But you got to get creative and, and you got to look at those guys and say, hey, you, you can have that upside. You know, the Rockies took a chance. Uh, a few times on first base, you know, Galarraga was a guy where after his you know singular season in 92 with the Cardinals, you didn't know what to expect out of him, goes out and wins a, a batting title and keeps his career alive for another decade. And you go, wow, that was, that gets overlooked, but, but they gave him a chance and an opportunity when it seemed like, you know, his value was down. Same thing with Justin Morneau after the concussions he had suffered in Minnesota, seems like he was on his way out and then goes and. Uh, is was virtually uh, an, an all-star in, in that, uh, I think, 2015 season and was still productive in 2016 before getting hurt. So, you know, they kind of have a history of, of doing that, and they, they should continue to do that because, again, Colorado and, and Denver is not a glamorous baseball city to play in. And, and unless you're stringing together consecutive, you know, 500 or better winning, you know, seasons or winning percentage um, and, and, and you're going to the playoffs year after year, guys aren't going to take less money for less of a guaranteed spot and you become damaged goods in so many ways. And we've, we've covered it so many times over and it's just not an attractive place to play. Unfortunately, even when times are good, it's not that attractive yeah, of a place, unfortunately. So Colorado's going to have to get creative with these non-roster invites. And they did a good job in the beginning of the off season, took a time out. I think they were entirely focused on the Arenado deal. Now they're getting back into the mix and it'll be, won't be exciting, but it will definitely be interesting to see, you know, who else they can, you know, come together with a pack on. Yeah, it um, <laughs> it seems like they finally learned their lesson way too late. And right in the middle of learning that lesson, they also did something really, really stupid that's going to make sure that nobody sees that they've learned this lesson. It's like it, it's so frustrating because it's just the right move that and, and it just shines that much more light on this whole notion of do they truly think that they can compete or are they going to go into a rebuild? Now it's a minor no, league they don't deal, think they can but they, Drew, I'm going to cut you off right there because you, everything you really, we've, we've keeps, talked about in the last two weeks has been not giving the Rockies and Dick Monfort the benefit of the doubt. And right. we're, we're going to get to, and this is probably the lead into our topic of, you know, could do boycotts work? You know, could it be successful? I, Dick Monfort is, is lying to the, he's lying to the fans. He, he knows he is, there's no way that he can go look at this roster. I think you could look at this roster and be hopeful. You can do that. That you and I can do that. We are going to have to do that this sure. year. And there's sure. a lot to hope on, right? Just if we're just talking about improvement, that's hope, but yeah. to look around the rest of the league and see how everybody else conducts their business. There's no way you could trust this man and and trust that his kind of observations of this team and its talents is legit and you know maybe that's because he lacks the ability as a baseball man to see those things you could say that and i think that's been the argument up to this point but i, I think now think you almost true, have to yeah. question if he's just a ball-faced liar yeah no i don't I, we don't, we have no way of knowing. Close to, yeah. And see, that's the thing. I just, for me, I won't call somebody a liar unless I, I need tangible, concrete 
told a lie, not just the absence of evidence. Sorry, we're getting really philosophical here all of a sudden. <laughs> but it, it can't just be that it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand. There's enough reason to believe, like, I need actual concrete evidence of like, oh, but then he told somebody else this thing that shows and we'll never get he really that. knows. And we're never and we're never gonna get that. That's why it's going to be very difficult for me to ever come out and say, yeah, he's a liar. Uh for me It would make more sense that he is than he legitimately believes in the things that he's saying. That that's where I'll leave it. I, I, I'm not sure. calling him a liar because again, there is no way to, to prove that. But it feels more believable, especially after this off season. And I thought it, you know, I, I thought it long before that. But this this off season has been proven. You can't give him that benefit of the doubt anymore and say, well, we don't have the concrete evidence to say that. But it makes more sense that he is fabricating uh, these comments as a from a PR standpoint than it is that he really just thinks, man. This team's really going to be good. Oh crap, we we lost ninety games again. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I really think, I just think he does believe that. I just, that's that's my take on it. Like that, I really that isn't crazy. That he that does believe that. Like that isn't crazy. Sure. And and it's you know, and and I know everyone's gonna laugh and roll their eyes at him and and do the whole thing. And and I'm much closer to your end of this than than I ever have been before. Like you said, and and he doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. But the, the for me, that's like that's a step further than benefit of the doubt. That's sure. that's going to you know. I just like and either way, especially to go back over the rest of history. Yeah, and 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 uh, l- let me let me summarize it by putting it this way: it. All right, I think we lost Drew here for a second, but it's uh, you know it, it's a hard debate. It, it's a hard thing to know, and we we certainly don't have that evidence. And you know we've we've seen you guys kind of make those same similar comments as to you know how much honesty is is going into it. And and I and I think you know being genuine is is very valuable in uh, professional sports and in business. And it just seems like right now there there isn't that genuine feeling coming from this organization, which is why so many of you have, you know, been talking about what a boycott uh, might look like. And, you know, is that, is that something worth looking into? Um, Because you are frustrated and we, we absolutely understand why that is. And, you know, it's, Drew's article does a great job in um, covering that. It is a free article, uh, as he mentioned. So you do not need to be a, a subscriber to the dnvr.com in order to see his take on that. But it's, uh, it's, it's hard for you guys out there. And there are some creative solutions to towards, you know, figuring out what to do with, with this frustration. Gosh, is, is there an ignorance? Is there, is there fabrication of facts? What do I, what do I do either way? It's not great. How should I proceed going forward? I want to support the players. I don't want to necessarily support financially this owner. If if I don't go to a, you know I go to two games every year. If I don't go to these two games, Dick Monfort's going to sell the team. Well, no, probably not. So it's it's an interesting debate to have, and um, 
and I'm and I'm proud to be a part of that that conversation about, you know, what could this be? What could we do here? Right. There, there's something that there are things that can be done and there are things that people want to do that aren't necessarily going to help. So I think what we're going to try to do is is parse through all of that. One of the things you can do that's going to help you for sure is drink your Breckenridge brew. Now, I do Ooh. have my Hot Peak IPA today, you know, my standby, because I have yet to get my hands on the new thing. Have you seen this? Have you guys seen this out on the, if you're on social media, following Breck, which you should, because you'll see this stuff coming sometimes. They drop these hints. But they have officially launched their seltzer line. If if you're into Let's having go. a couple of drinks, and every time we start talking about brews, Look, man, I'm, I'm trying to be a little less on the calorie intake these days. I, I love the taste of the beer, but I can't throw back all the avalanche ambers the way you do watching a hockey game on Valentine's Day with your girlfriend, which I'm sure she's totally into. Uh, but you say, hey, those seltzers, though, I know what's going on there. They've got a beautiful, it really is gorgeous, the Jokic 15-pack. I love that they keep you with the 15-packs. Apple, pear, cherry, peach, berry, and honeydew. Mm. Fabulous five. The, yeah, yeah, seriously, right? That that Breck Brew locator, see where the closest 15-pack of Breck Seltzers is. Pick one up for you. Hey, pick one up for me. Swing on by. I have got to get a taste of these things. And once I do, I'll get you straight reviews. But this is new, new stuff. We're talking about cutting edge. You want to get out there, whether you're going out to the farmhouse, which is socially distanced and open right now, you can use the code DNVR to get five bucks off, or you can swing by a liquor store or a grocery store. But Get excited, seltzer drinkers! Breck Brew is making it happen. Yeah, I was. We've been. We've known about this for a while, and it was like, don't you can't say anything. And it was don't so hard anything. for all of us. I think everyone had a timed quote, you know, a timed tweet to go <laughs> right. out today because it was like, oh my gosh, we're so excited to be looking forward to that. And I think some of the live shows uh, on our channel are, are going to be going live and um, probably polishing off a fifteen can sampler uh, per person, which is. Uh, which is your want to do with these bad boys. They're, they're delicious. Totally. Uh, though maybe after just one and not all 15, you do your DraftKings Sportsbook stuff. I definitely recommend there's a certain number of, of Brex before DraftKings becomes maybe not a good idea. But before that number of Brex, DraftKings Sportsbook, phenomenal idea. Top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know them, you love them, but if you haven't downloaded yet, now is the time to do so. I know it may seem strange because football just wrapped up, but guess what? They just came out with a whole bunch of baseball stuff. Leaders for home runs or hits or I think strikeouts. I got all kinds of stuff out there right now. A couple of Rockies that are long shots that you may put a dollar down on to win bigger money someday down the line. Or if you just think you know who's going to have a good season already, early is usually the best time to hop in and start placing some bets. Uh, you've also got now the madness that is college basketball coming up, of course, in March, but the fun doesn't have to wait. Right now, all new players are getting the chance to cash $100 if you bet $1 on any team to hit any three-pointer in any basketball game this week. If your team makes it rain, you cash $100. In fact, they don't even then have to make it rain. They can they can provide you with a slight drizzle. They got to hit a tray. You're going to get yourself 100 bucks for your team. 
and DraftKings is throwing special promotions like that at you all the time. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DNVR for new customers to get a shot at that 1-100 to on any three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply, winnings paid out, and for $25 free bets, see DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Nolan Arenado opens up in player futures at plus 1,200, the sixth highest for NL MVP. You got Herman Marquez Ooh. at plus 3,000. He's a little bit further down the list, around 18th. Uh, for strikeouts or Cy Young? For Cy Young, thank you. Uh, but my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, get in early before this guy starts looking good in camp. And we know everyone in Colorado is going to have a little bit of an eye on this gentleman in this particular camp on the east coast of Florida. Uh, Jack Flaherty. Jack Flaherty oh, is my DraftKings Sportsbook I like this pick. pick of the week for NL Cy Young. Right now he's about eighth. In odds, a plus 1,300. We know that the Cardinals are going to win a lot of extra games this year with Arenado in the lineup, and Jack Flaherty is ready to be next in a long line of, of Cardinals aces. Adam Wainwright is back. He's kind of he's on his way out. He's passed the torch already to Flaherty. We saw Chris Carpenter and uh, a handful of other guys do it uh, the last – Decade plus, just the Cardinals continue to keep winning. And Jack Flaherty is my DraftKings Sportsbook Pick of the Week for NL Cy Young Award, plus 1,300. Cash in now. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I like him, too. He's good. He's a good, good ball dude. player. He's a really good pitcher. He's fun on social media, too. He is. Yeah, he's active. So that yeah. will make it all the all the better. And I think that even increases his odds, too. Like, voters <laughs> yeah. just go, oh, here's a guy. Here's this guy. It's oh, but fun. Flaherty, a tiebreaker. He had that really good tweet. You know, he, yeah, he did right. this thing and, oh man, did you see his cleats that he got personalized that he put up on his Instagram? Honestly, those things could make a slight difference. Love it. Uh, all right. Now we get into this other topic of the day. And as Carrie puts it, she says, I'm frustrated, but does a boycott punish the wrong people? What about all the support staff? And I'll add to that, Carrie, as I wrote in the article today, you got, what about the bars in Lodo? What about the DNVR bar. What about uh, the people that work at the ballpark, like you said? People in the communications office, the ball players, we talked about that. They didn't do anything to, you know, create this situation that they're in. Uh, and so the other question is doesn't it also just hurt you? Because, and you know, I, I think of it this way, and I really try to avoid political analogies, but the one political point that I have, you know, really made on this show, not for one party or the other, is to say, I think you should vote. I think it's good when people vote. And I think that, you know, the people who don't vote on principled reasons have their principled reasons. The same way people who are going to boycott the Rockies do so on principled and, and justified reasons. And so I'm not going to disagree with your reasons because your reasons are totally legitimate. That's not the point, right? The point is at the end of the day, what impact does it have? Have you, uh, uh, if all you're accomplishing is taking your own voice out of the conversation, then you're not creating change. At the end of the day, 
there are only 30 Major League Baseball teams. And losing you and all of your friends and all of your friends' friends as customers is a drop in the bucket. And you've got television deals and merchandise deals, all the transplants who are going to go to the ballpark to see their team play. So the question is, could a boycott even make a dent in the finances? And my answer to that is no. Not a it dent? doesn't make it not a dent in the finances unless, and I do put the, this in a different category. It's like being a shareholder in a company, right? Season ticket holders could make a dent. Enough season ticket holders cancel. And if you know a season ticket holder and you want to write them a letter and say, hey, I think you should cancel and here are the reasons why, that could make, I think, a pretty big dent. But ultimately, if you go to five to 10 games a year and that goes down to zero and a thousand people do that or 5,000 people do that, it doesn't make a dent. It needs to be a massive number. And I think that that is sadly maybe, or just whatever you want to take. I just think that's remarkably unlikely. And so I would submit that the dent to make is in sending the right kind of message rather than saying, well, you know, I see a lot of people say hit them in the pocketbooks. That's all they understand. But like, (laughs) again, the difference in, 25,000 people a game versus 30,000 people a game. It adds up to some money for sure. But to these guys, that's, that's really not that big a difference. And when you look at it over the years, all it does is they end up spending less on the roster to make, to make up for it. And it goes the other way. I will say to their credit, the the higher the ticket revenue goes, the higher the roster salaries go and, and the other way around. So I don't think that just not, going to games will have the impact that people want it to. But that doesn't mean, and we'll get into this in a minute, Patrick, and I want to give you a chance to retort, but it doesn't mean we do nothing. It doesn't mean everyone does nothing. We've got some ideas. I think there's some very important things we can do, but I question the virtue of actually just not going to games. Um, I don't think they'll see or hear that as loudly as people I think I think the one I don't want to say definitive thing, but I think the biggest umbrella is is making a difference, right? You you want there to be some kind of change. So or rather you you want your actions in a boycott or what have you to do enough where there is a change. You want to bring about change. And I think that's that's the hardest thing. And we gotta that's that's part of the discussion. How do you do that? Financially, I think you can make a dent, but it's we're talking a small one. We're also talking one that Momford, I think, is well aware of that. Hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna take a hit for a little bit, but the again the benefits of that outweigh the negatives. Sure. Like right. I think that's that's a given. With with there being limited capacity at the stadium, again, how many people just want to go outside? Hey, we're allowed <laughs> right. to go outdoors for three right. hours, drink a beer. But who cares that it costs you know twenty five dollars? But like. Yeah you can do those things and kind of feel normal. That's, that's where you, you think it's, it's going to fall flat, but really, you know, if, if there is something that's going to work because of this pandemic and because of limited 
you know, uh, attendance and whatnot, um, not just at the stadium, but at, at bars and things of that nature. This is a, this is a, an undertaking that would have to take at least two years. Think about That's, it. It wouldn't even right. be something for 2021. You'd have to continue it over. Um, right. You know, another, another element to it, you said, Oh, what about the people who work in the stadium? And again, it's when, when, when you go and buy a hot dog at Coors Field or a beer, a fraction of that money goes to the employees. So it's give them, give them a $5 tip as they're walking out of, out of gonna, the stadium. Uh, like you can do stuff say, like that. Tip also, well, man. Just tip, also, if you're going yeah. to the bars and stuff all around the stadium, they are going to be hiring. Right. And they, you know, anyone that works with Aramark, you know, again, that's, that's who's, who's providing, you know, all yeah. of those services and stuff. It's not like the, you know, the Rockies don't actually go out and say, okay, we are hiring. <laughs> they say, Aramark, you take right. care of all right. that stuff. And they can easily filter those two other things. You know, if, if again, we, uh, here, here's a, a fun little, little dream. If you say, Hey, a DNVR bar, we're pretty close to a city park. What if we rent out a corner, we get a big projection screen and, right. you know, we have, we have these watches and whatnot, you know, eventually maybe Aramark goes, Oh, we got to put people over there to, to work this event. Well, that's where all of those people from Coors Field, you know, end up going. So right. there, there is a way that you can kind of tick off a lot of the boxes, but it's just incredibly hard. And, and maybe, maybe this is part of the question. What, what do fans want? What do you want? What is the goal of right. this? Right. You want to send and, and, a message. What's the message? Right. What's the message? And and that's that that's that's a little bit difficult too. I I right. think there are two easier to say messages that that are fair to get out there if people want to see change. And again, I, I sort of suggest in the article though I don't say these things specifically. We're in a podcast, and these are just examples, right? We're all understanding things in context. But I think rather than staying home, if if you go to four Rockies games a year and that's your normal and that's what you go to and you're asking yourself the question right now, what do I do for those four games? Maybe if you, if you really are in the camp of <clears throat> I'm not spending any more money that's going to end up in the pockets of Dick Monfort, totally respect that. Come down to the DNVR bar, go to one of the bars in Lodo, spend your money there, watch the game on TV. They don't get extra TV ratings for you having turned it on at your house, any of that other stuff. You're at the bar, you're watching the game, you still get to support the players and, and cheer for them to win and, and spend some money and buy DNVR shirts and maybe Carrie will, we'll see. I, I do think D-Line's working on uh, versions of that, but those are things that you can wear. Exactly right. So we'll see if we have a version of one out. If we don't, I'm sure there'll be something out there and, and maybe we'll even link to it in the future. But I think getting back to answering Patrick's question from a minute ago, as much as I'm loath to say it, fire Jeff Breidich and sell the team are two, three word slogans that can fit on signs and shirts. Yeah, those slogans would would fit really well, like you said, signs and shirts, and and they're direct. There there are clearly things that fans are frustrated by, you know, selling the team. Obviously, we feel like you know a new owner is probably going to do right by the the city, by the the franchise. You know, maybe a, a lot more than than we've seen from Dick Monfort, who's clearly more about the finances than 
trying to lift a, a piece of metal and, and actually, you know, win a world series. I think, I think, you know, the thing that, that might even check off all of the boxes in a sense is, you know, hiring a team president, which has been discussed ad nauseum for years and years and years, but that is uh, a much more obtuse concept to think about like, Hey, could you hire somebody else? And then really what that's going to do is counteract the fact that it's, a 50-50 vote between owner and GM. Well, now there's a third party and those two parties can team up against Dick Momford and maybe better decisions are made for, you know, the entirety of the organization. Also hire a team president is, <laughs> it's obtuse. That's the only word that I can think about. Um, it's, it's also hard to, to get uh, an owner to sell. I mean, that's firing, you know, particularly an employee, if, if that's your take on that. And, and I, I'm never going to rally against anyone for not doing their job. Uh, as, as we've discussed here on, on the podcast and in article form, Dick Monford's pulling the strings. And so Jeff Breidich is only the one doing what Dick Monford is telling him to do. Now, yes, we know Breidich has made some bad transactions, but we're not in the room to hear, okay, here are four different options. And your owner says, well, you can't do those three, even though they were your three favorite. You only can do this fourth option and sign Daniel Murphy. That's just a, a, that's a very specific example for something that I'm not trying to do is be specific. Sounds pretty specific. <laughs> yeah. But but right, you know, getting, getting cut off at the knees is straight up is a difficult thing. So even if you want that team president, it's 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 too wide angle lens of uh, of a, a situation to, to possibly yeah. ask for. Yeah, I mean, I I. <clears throat> I cut out there again, but I, I think if you're going to, I still think sending emails to dick.momford at rockies.com is a good idea. And I think there is maybe the place to ask for hire a team president, you know, the more specific things. And I know people go, hey, he's not really going to do any of that stuff. <clears throat> sending an email never hurts. It doesn't take that long to do. If he gets enough of them, the message does get through. I think it sends more of a message than just not going to games again, because how are they going to see that now they're going to see if you show up in a shirt <laughs> or the, or is it, i don't like the where don't wear a paper bag over your head that's the one thing i'll ask i i, usually, I don't tell people what not to do i will say i th- think that undercuts the message a little bit i think it makes you look silly and it makes you easier to dismiss well it makes the person wearing the bag look silly but we don't know who that person is because they're wearing sure. a paper bag so i also <laughs> i also in in thinking about that uh and in doing a little homework i realized you might not be allowed to wear a paper bag. Now, right. <laughs> pre, pre-pandemic, you can do whatever the heck you want. Why paper not? Paper bag all you like. Wear but... a luchador mask, any of that. But now, if you're wearing a paper bag over your head, security and, and ballpark personnel, ushers might be forced to say, sir we, or ma'am, we don't know if you're wearing a mask under there. And your, again, your droplets are getting out and whatnot. So unfortunately, we can't you know, ensure that you're using proper safety protocol. So there might be a 0% chance you could even do something like that unless you, you slip it on for a certain inning and you take it off. Again, it would have to be this whole coordinated campaign, but it's not as simple as you walk into the ballpark with the paper bag on, you walk out, you know, and you're wearing it for the entirety. It's, it's a great idea. You could do it at a bar, again, if, especially if you're single. And look, you're looking to meet somebody and you're worried about being judged uh, you know, by your appearances. Say, look. Here's what you need to know about me. I'm a nice guy. Uh, I can I can fund drinks for the entire bar right now. I'm a Rockies fan because you can see I'm wearing a paper bag over my head. Right. And you know what do you say we we do this again next week? Totally. Maybe Love that's it. your in. Love it. 
Um, okay, so all right. What about this? I've got I've got another idea. Yeah, I've got I've got another idea for something that again you want to see your team play. You go to four games a year. You know, that's not going to cost you too much. Um, regardless if, if if you're going with a, a friend, so part at two tickets, or you're going for a family of four, there's a scale. What you could do, especially if you go to a lot more than that, go see the Rockies on the road. Go to another sure. city. Again, it's going to cost you a lot more, but flights to, in and out of L.A. aren't too bad. Uh, that That's a good city if you're like, ah, oh, but opening – Opening day is actually road trip. There you go down to Arizona. You know they got they're giving away tickets plenty uh, left and right. If you're like ah, I just I miss the vibe of opening day and whatnot. Rockies open the Giants season at Oracle Park on April 9th. So again, it's San Francisco, so you know it's going to cost you a penny. But if you want to go to an opening day for the Rockies this year and you don't want to give Dick Monfort your money, go to San Francisco and on April 9th go to three games at Oracle Ballpark. You can do that yeah. with any of their road trips. Make something of it, as you said, Drew. Drive down to Arizona, halfway in between, you know, Denver and, and Phoenix is is the Grand Canyon. Boom, you're make, you're you're stopping there. Get there early when the sun comes up. Again, make a whole trip of it if you want to see your team. You have to get creative. Just as you said, Drew, go to the bars and you can still get that vibe. We've we've seen clips of what the DNVR looks like on game nights. That it's still electric. It's not the ballpark. But it is a, a, a close facsimile to that if you want that vibe that you you crave. And you know what? You can be around a lot of other like-minded people because they're also not at the ballpark too. Right. And you might be able to come up with more ideas on effective and impactful ways to boycott with those people that don't necessarily involve making you look silly or just not, you know, taking in your baseball, which is as I've said before many times, just ends up punishing you. Uh, there is one other thing that I mentioned in the article, and uh, I got this from somebody, and I could not for the life of me find you on Twitter. So if you're listening, please hit me up. I don't know how to search Twitter Missed well. connections on Twitter. Yeah, totally. Missed connections. Totally. It's a uh, I, I get a lot of replies and I don't know which thread it was in. And there's been a lot of talk about boycotting the Rockies lately. So just using that word as a search did not help me. Uh, but somebody suggested to me this, and, and I love the idea. And that is boycott a total blackout by everybody one day every month. And this I love. Going back to, I feel like I'm Heath Ledger's Joker, like sitting on the burning pile of money going like, because it's not about money. We don't have the power they do. And that's that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not trying to defend them by saying, don't go after their pocketbooks. Man, I'm saying their pocketbooks are too big. I wish we could. I really do. I wish we could organize enough people. But We have could... pocketbooks. <laughs> he has the vault of coins that he dives into <laughs> off of the right. diving board, swims around in it. I'm right. pretty sure I've, I've, seen, I've seen video right. of that. Right. Like, you know, it's it, <laughs> that's it's a documentary, right? But a documentary. A, well done. <laughs> uh, the height of the podcast, right there. We've peaked. Uh, we've jumped the duck. So, if once a month, and this and this person suggested on the twenty eighth, because you know, no one number twenty eight, uh, but a total blackout 
because the point isn't to actually hit the pocketbooks. It's to send a very clear message that Rockies fans are not happy, that they do not support what's going on, and while they are still going to wear purple sometimes, though again, maybe don't buy from the official merchandise store, buy from third-party outlets. You can get plenty of awesome Rockies gear from, whether it's us or other people are making cool stuff too. We still have some Nolan B. and Owen shirts. That's right. They were uncovered. (laughs) <laughs> so there, right. there was a loose ben pound behind some. it was a box yeah thank you ben Gerdings. Found uh, some new ones. ben's awesome have you met ben in real life yet because you've only he's only been around in our pure digital age right no i've i've That's seen right. baby driver i love his work but other than that I've not. <laughs> he's he's awesome i love ben uh but i just met him like in real life at the the hockey thing the other day so yeah we got some nolan being nolan shirts all that stuff you can get into all of it and and not feel like you have to be less of a fan because I know that's what we're getting at here, right? There are a lot of people. There's like, but th- uh, there's this great line in uh, the West Wing when a football player gets in trouble and he and he's like out and it's like, man, what do you what do you care about this one game that you're going to get suspended for? You're going to end up in the NFL, and he says, that's what I do on Saturdays, right? It's like, what do you do with your summers? You watch Rockies baseball. That's what you do. And I don't want people to feel guilty. This is the biggest takeaway. I And I'm going to reuse the line from the article. I actually got this because, you know, our, our sales director, Lindsay Sauer, about a week and a half, two weeks after the Nolan thing said, you know, I'm, I'm as pissed as anybody. But today I just want to say I'm going to go to my normal Rockies games. I'm going to keep watching on TV and cheering on the Rockies because that's just who I am. And and her replies just filled up with people saying, well, then you're part of the problem and you're the reason they get away with this nonsense and poppycock, bullshit, excuse me. But no, that's the one thing we can't have. If if your boycott is total and absolute, we, we tip our caps to you and we and we say, man, you've, you've got nerves to steal and way to go. Um, but the people who choose to still go to games and still root on the team. They're not part of the problem. They're not the issue. Uh, and they can continue to do this while sending a message that they don't approve of what's going on. So whether, yeah, it's not buying from the official store, taking one day a month where everyone blacks out. You don't watch the game on TV or listen on the radio. You don't go to the games. You don't do anything. And everyone makes it. Don't tweet about the Rockies that day. I mean, go full and total. You get enough people to do that, they'll notice it, right? But the sporadic, you don't go to one game and then your friend doesn't go to the next game and then somebody else, like, that's not going to make the difference you want it to. It's the spattering of. But that that's the biggest takeaway I want people to have is, is do not shame those who continue to support the team. They are in no way a part of the problem, even if they do choose to buy tickets and even buy merchandise from the official store, though we all might want to go, ah, come on, get merchandise from somewhere else. <laughs> but whatever it is, like... Go on eBay. I eBay know. works fantastic. That's not... That's already been paid for. There you you go. got that option. All that Go to stuff. thrift stores. I, I, I got back into thrifting again uh, a year or so ago. I haven't been back in since last March, but went and got an all-white Troy Tulowitzki jersey, uh, Seth Smith one. I, I got yeah. some 2007 World Series run gear. Again, for like three, four bucks. So like you can you can have all of that. You can you can have your cake and eat it too. In that way, if you don't want that money to go there, and I, and I think like you said, having it something specific like that is so much more important. Because if you're just vaguely going, I'm just going to go to less. 
what does that what does that mean? And what if, what if the team starts getting really good? You might look back on the end of the season and go, actually, I ended up going the exact same amount as in 2019. Huh. So make it direct where it's, you know, once a month. So that's six games over the whole year. Um, and, and you know, the third and the fourth, the Rockies are home. So April 3rd and 4th, again, we're talking opening weekend, May 3rd and 4th, et cetera. The 3rd and 4th, they're always home. So that means you're not going to 4th of July potentially, but that's a guarantee. You could also look at it and just say the first game of uh, of the month or the first game of a homestand. If you want to do homestands, now that's probably closer to about 10 or 11 different times where you're saying, nope, we're, we're not going to that game. And then we're not going to give anyone grief who does because, again, you know, that's that's their right. That's just, look, I'm, I'm going out. It's also people who come in from, from other cities and other locations where they want to see their team. Or they're just, hey, when you go to Colorado, one of the things on your to-do list Gotta is go Coors to Field. Coors Field, which is part of the problem or really part of the reason why Dick Monfort feels like he can still you know, pack them in in attendance. And those people have no idea. They're, they're going to the game. They're not just going to change their plans that they've been looking forward to for months, right. uh, if not years at this point. Now everyone's just dreaming on a trip. Um, so they don't know that. So, you know, don't, yeah, don't give those people grief. You understand it, but you, you gotta be creative. And, and if, if you're serious about it, it's gotta be a concerted effort. And it, it's something that's going to take more than a year. It really will have to take yeah. more than a year. And that's, I guess the other way I would say is, you know, be as it's, it's tough to be positive about a boycott, but be, you know, for the people around it as productive and, and as committed to it as you can, because as Patrick said, like it's, that's the other problem with just assuming that if the, you know, couple thousand Rockies fans who are super, super hardcore, if every single one of you stays home for this entire season, that won't be felt. If you all continue to stay home through the next season, maybe it starts to be felt. Are you prepared to do it again for a third year and that's really what you're talking about before they would start to feel it so and in, instead i think get creative get with other people uh, don't berate those who who aren't willing to go along with you but uh, organizing and getting together and making it a, a community thing because everyone individually going well i'm just not going to do this not going to be effective everyone gets together and says on this day we don't show up <laughs> and everyone goes yeah that sends an actual message. Um, whether or not the specific message gets through, it's like how to turn that into hire a team president gets a little more complicated exactly. as, as you talked about earlier. But the first point really is, and, and it comes back to your, your whole thing about us, you know, sort of guessing at the ethos of Dick Monfort, which is to what extent does he even understand how angry fans are? And a bunch of people saying they're mad on Twitter means nothing to him. Zero, and in the in the immediate zero. wake, right? And in the immediate wake of the trade of a superstar player, yeah, everyone's gonna, hey, yeah. call call for that's their heads. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's that, you're yeah. expected. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, if it's June, and he's like, man, this is the fourth month in a row where our first day of the opening homestand or whatever has been just really low because they do pay attention to those numbers mm -hmm. uh yeah i i think that could get through so 
uh, again, it's like I, I see people, you know, they want a certain catharsis, and I totally understand it. You want Woody Page to get him, even though that accomplished nothing. But it felt good, so fair enough. Okay. You know, and I, and I think that's kind of where a lot of people, you know, you want to say all the things on Twitter, and you want to tell everybody, don't go, and if you go, you're part of the problem. But, like, that's not – you're not getting through to anybody or anything. You're just making noise, so – if you want it to work, let's get, let's get specific. It's going to be painful too. You're right. I mean, think, think about it. Like if, again, if we're even just talking about it being that one game or if again, anyone who's, who's organizing this decides to orchestrate it, that, that means, you know, the first game of, of that homestand or the first game of the month, whatever it is, that means, wow, there are a lot of course field is, has been overtaken by Dodgers fans. You right. have to deal with the pain you of what that, that might happen. look like. Right. <clears throat> totally. Like you said, if it's 4th of July or if that's your one game that you come out to all year happens to be on that date and instead you've got to come. If that's your one game, if we actually if if, I should say, if you all actually pull this off and decide on a date out there and get on Twitter and all the other social media and figure out a way, you got some time now, a little bit before the season starts and pull it off and pick a day, one day every month. Let's say we pick the fifth. Right. And. You're like, oh, my one day to come to Denver was June 5th, and I was going to go. That was my one game. Come to the DNVR bar. I will meet you personally. I will watch the game with you, and and we'll talk about it. I'll buy you a Breck on me. Uh, you know, and, and, and everyone make this and pay this offer forward. Everybody make this same offer if, if to, to anyone who would come out. Cause those are the one people. And, and maybe this is because I understand this, you know, growing up on the Western slope, this is, we didn't get to go to games all the time. It really was, you know, whenever we happen to make a trip over to Denver, you get to go to the ball game a couple times a year, maybe. And, and I would feel bad for anyone who's like, man, am I betraying the boycott because my one game was so, so we'll find a way to make it special for you. Cause I think it would just, be incredibly powerful. Rockies fans really could organize something like that. Just don't go to the game on the fifth. It's my one day. Come down to the bar. We'll make it worth your time. I promise you. Yeah, fans in Philly, in in kind of a reverse way, they they went to games during the pandemic because there's an area where you could kind of view part of the field out in center field at Citizens Bank Park, and they would get there and they created this you know major community there and and were able to to sell shirts. You know, again, based around their their fandom, so it was more of that positive. I think the the two guys that uh, founded it, they even had a bobblehead made for them that the team is is going to sell sell in their store. And so, you know, again, on on the reverse, there's there are those opportunities. In fact, what's interesting is you know in the early 1900s, when I I don't even know that radio was that readily uh, available, people would stand outside these places in in cities all across America. East Coast at that point, you know, in, in the early uh, days of, of Major League Baseball, and they would be wearing their big wool coats and they're dressed all right, nice, right. you know, like dressed fancy, like that's that's how you did. There was no such thing as sweatpants in these days no. or joggers, quote unquote, you know, as they're known now, all fancy. Going out, but they would stand and there'd be this big billboard. It would be like a chalkboard, and someone would get an update and they would go up and write uh, Ruth single to left field and everyone would clap. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I knew, I knew babe was going to get a hit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You see, and they would get all excited <laughs> and make these little bets and they would have these, you know, little lights right. that would light up on the board. So you could still feel it. again. We've got our phones. I mean, shoot, you could be in, you could be in, in Breckenridge, 
you know, drinking a Breck <laughs> brew and you're watching the game live on your right. phone streaming. So, but, but these are the kind of ideas that if, if people want it and people want to do it out there, it's going to find a home. And there might even be people that go, yeah, I still go to games, but I also go to this other event to support these guys yeah. too. Cause they've just, they've done something like there's an opportunity here. Can we've, We've captured that Watch in a lot of ways. Right outside Coors Field. Yeah. I think that would be great if there were just huge crowds sitting outside Coors Field watching the game. Why not? Making it clear like we want to watch baseball, but we're not going in there right now. And you could still support the vendors outside of the stadium, right? They sell right. the peanuts and you could right. get all that. I mean, we've, you know, DNVR, of course, we've we found our community here in, in Denver and, and, and Colorado and everything, but there's there are people out there that are a part of this community and others who aren't yet that, you know, they, they might want to be a part of something else. And it, it has to be orchestrated really well for anyone who does want to do it, but odds are strongly against it for sure. Odds are, uh, are strongly against it. You can make a dent, you know, you, again, season ticket holders are probably the biggest ones. I know, yeah. I know the Rockies have uh, done something creative where, I think season ticket holders can keep their place in line, like in priority. If, uh, if they keep in 25% of what they were supposed to pay. So, um, they get to hold on to 75% that they would normally have to, to dish oh, out by yeah, this point. Right, right. And they've got to pay 25%. It rolls over to the next season. It's almost like a, you know, it's a bank say, Hey, let, we'll just hold on to your money for the time being so we can right. have it just in case we need it. And, you still think about it, you know, going forward. So they've had to get creative because they've gotten those phone calls and, and people yeah. are, are really upset and you should be. It's just the, the ask of what you want is uh, it's big. It's a lot. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter. That's an, another way to keep the conversation going either on Twitter or in our private discord. You can find us on there. <clears throat> at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, when you subscribe to the DNVR.com, you get access to all that written content, including one I did today on this very subject. And you get discounts on hats, shirts, masks. You get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You get to hang out with us in the private Discord chat where we talk about all kinds of stuff, baseball 24-7, plus movies, TV, uh, comic books, Star Wars, hiking, food, is there a comic book channel? No, there really isn't actually, but Dude. that mostly is, I know, yeah. right? It, it mostly fits into the both the TV and the movies categories these days anyway, since most of those have been turned into TV and movies. There's some high level comic book nerdery going on in the TV channels. We talk about the latest episodes of WandaVision these days, which is really just an incredible television show i, I finally saw legal. an episode and i was uh very disappointed no wanda sykes anywhere zero show. i love wanda sykes. i feel like that's false advertising and right? uh yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to call the head of disney michael eisner is yeah. he still is he still run things over there i actually <laughs> don't the name. know i, no, know, I right? don't think so I don't I think that's don't think, right. I think that's the like Michael a, Eisner era is over. Is That was like the 90s to early 2000s, right? That was the, yeah. That's our era of Disney. Uh, <laughs> Michael Eisner gets a shout out on the podcast today. Uh, was that more obscure than George Kennedy or less? I don't know. Less. I'm going to say less. I think some people, you, yeah, I think it's some people should know, you know, that he was in charge and existed. The heyday, right? I mean, right. 
Beauty and the Beast didn't make itself. All right. Thank you, Michael Eisenman. You see what you've done out there. I'm saying. (laughs) So for conversations like this, you got to subscribe to the DNVR.com. The NXT matches the other night. We got a little hyped on NXT and I watched them and they were, they were pretty good. They were pretty good. good. Uh, Gargano versus Ciampa. 72 like they're in their 70s <laughs> right, right. No, no. it's like ufc now i feel like <laughs> i know they just I feel like those over guys, and over. they should just uh, call nxt takeovers you know gargano champa gargano, and then the number and what, what are we up to but there's some good matches a finn balor pete dunn was was really good it was really good and uh the women's triple threat match io shirai is amazing she's one of my favorite professional wrestlers in the entire world right now she's in my top five she is doing incredible, incredible work. So, do you know who uh, Kazuchika Okada is? You know Okada, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Did you hear the rumors that he's believed to be coming to AEW? Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, so yeah. you got AEW teaming up with Impact, teaming up with uh, New Japan. I, I don't know if they've they've been working with other people too, but they uh, they're they're doing some things, man. Okay. It's gonna be exciting. I can get into that. AEW is doing phenomenal work. They're they're putting out just a much better product than than the WWE is right now, except for the women's division. The WWE women's division is phenomenal. So now that we've lost everybody, I think <laughs> no, we, our numbers are we're we're still at twelve hundred people. We we That's lost right. thousand, but there's still twelve hundred watching live with us right now. That's <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, hey, if you're not here watching live with us, you don't know how true or not true that sentence is. So, I I, I bumped it up like 50 people. It's like whatever. It's like 11:49. Whatever. I round it up. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for hanging out with us for this one. As you can tell, we're going to continue to have some fun this week, especially uh, just going through some stuff right before pitchers and catchers are reporting, and, and spring training is going to get underway here so we'll have actual baseball to talk about very soon we appreciate you all continuing to be absolutely awesome out there i promise you that we will continue to be absolutely patrick lyons and drew creaseman in here and until next time we will see you at the ballpark